everybody has a topic on the exam that they really just don't like. Whether it's hand therapy or psych or neuropeds, whatever it is, everybody's got a kryptonite. Well, I've got your secret weapon. If you're enjoying the podcast, I've been putting out video courses called 450 Formula. They're designed to make these giant, complex, difficult topics as simple and easy as possible, just like the podcast. You get all the big ideas, the foundational information, and you walk away with simple, easy mnemonics that make remembering everything a breeze. So if you're looking for a little extra help on those big, bad topics, or you just want to knock them all out together, then head over to 450formula.com and take a look. There's some free videos we can get a good feel for how it works. Check it out and get your 450. Hang in there. All right, let's get right down to it. So I actually just got done recording this episode once and realized that I think I got into too much anatomy. Um, I got into too much, this muscle does this. If it's not working, then this happens. I think we'll get into all that in a later episode, but the main purpose of this one today, right now, is just to get you um, understanding this as quick as possible and with a simple way to remember it. So what we're talking about today is nerve injuries of the hand. There are three main nerves that go to the hand. There's the radial nerve, the ulnar nerve, and the median nerve. And if one of these is injured, it's going to present in the hand in a specific way. And so um, there's sort of three main, there's a few, there's like an extra credit one, but there's three main positions of the hand that correspond with these three different nerves. Um, So we're going to talk about what those uh, deformities are, what they look like, um, and then what nerve they correspond with, with an easy mnemonic to remember that. So, Let's get right into it. The three uh, positions of the hand are the claw hand, the ape hand, and then the drop wrist, okay, or wrist drop. Um, So wrist drop is very, very simple. It's just your wrist drops. If you hold your hand out sort of palm side down, that wrist won't be able to extend against gravity typically, or you'll be able to do it with, um, you know, increased effort. It'll be slow. It'll be whatever. So that's, that is wrist drop. Your wrist is dropping. Um, the claw hand is, so if you take your fourth and fifth digits, meaning your ring and pinky finger, yeah? So at the MCP, right at the base of those fingers, that's going to be in hyperextension. So those are going to be all the way back. And then your um, PIP and DIP, so those later joints, will be in flexion. So those will be kind of hooking forward. So that hook is exactly what kind of makes it Um, gives it the name the claw hand this is the resting position of the hand so someone with claw hand they're going to walk into the clinic and this is what their hand will look like again those mcps are back in hyperextension and then the other joints of the finger pip and dip those are going to be in flexion and um, that's just kind of where their hand sits at for the ape hand it's important to look at what normal resting position looks like so just go ahead and relax your hand completely right You'll notice that your fingers are in a little bit of flexion, just sort of like a comfortable bit of flexion there. And then your thumb sort of pops out from the rest of them. So um, go ahead and uh, take your hand and just put it like uh, the back of your hand down on like a table or your knee. As again, don't do this if you're uh, driving, but if you're anywhere else, go ahead and real quick, just put um, palm side up, put it down on something flat. And then... um, push that hand down so that those fingers 
sort of um, are touching, and then that thumb is touching on whatever you're pushing it down on. You'll notice that the fingers are pretty easy to get back there, but that thumb resists you a little bit more. So if you push it down, again, relax the hand that's that's laying flat, and then just stop pushing on that, just let go of that thumb, you'll notice that it pops forward. It pops up off of the table or your leg or whatever it is um, because it wants to come forward. That's what typical sort of, you know, if there's this is ape hand, this would be human hand, right? Your thumb, if it's just relaxed, is already, it's really close to where your relaxed sort of index finger is, right? Ready to sort of do some of these fine motor activities. If you Google uh, chimpanzee hand, you can see that actually that that thumb is way back there. Um, it's sort of in line with the rest of the fingers. So um, that is the ape hand deformity. Uh, it's where those muscles that sort of pull that thumb forward um, into where it is normally, those are affected. And so the muscles that you use to sort of pull that thumb back in line with those other fingers are the only ones that are working. And so your thumb really kind of gets, is just cranked back at rest. Um, so to be clear also, your second through fifth digits, so your fingers, those in the ape hand deformity, those are not pulled all the way into extension. Those are just in resting, but that thumb is, is, uh, pulled back there. Yeah. So for, um, okay. So how do we remember these? So the mnemonic we're going to use here is Dr. Kuma. Dr. Kuma is going to teach you how to do this, okay? So that's spelled, we're going to use the abbreviation for Dr. D-R-C-U-M-A, right? This is just a name we made up, but it helps. Dr. Kuma. The way this works is it's it's three sets of two letters. So D-R is for drop and radial, meaning that drop wrist or wrist drop is associated with radial nerve injury. C-U uh, is claw hand, is associated with ulnar nerve injury, claw, ulnar, CU, right? And then MA is median nerve and ape hand, right? Median ape. So Dr. Kuma, D-R-C-U-M-A, D-R drop radial, drop wrist radial, CU, claw, ulnar, and then MA, median ape. Got it? Okay. So if you can just remember that, then you are pretty much set, like, on the test or, you know, throughout the rest of your career, you see an ape hand. You can think Dr. Kuma, M-A, that's a median nerve injury. If you see a claw hand, you're going to think C-U, that's an ulnar nerve injury. If you see a wrist drop, right, drop, D-R, radial nerve injury, okay? So this one's really quick, really easy, and frankly, really helpful. Um, the extra credit position is called the sign of benediction. Again, this may or may not be on the test. It could be could be helpful. But uh, this is also associated with, it's like a uh, plus one on the median nerve injury. So if someone had a median nerve injury of, say, the wrist, then you would see the ape hand um, would be their resting position. That would also be true if um, that's still going to be true if they have a median nerve injury that's higher. So like, let's say at the elbow or in the shoulder, if like a brachial, brachial plexus injury, that um, they'll still present with the ape hand. But if you tell them to make a fist, if you tell them to sort of bring those fingers down, then the sign of benediction is what you'll get if you have a very proximal injury so that the flexors of the forearm are also affected. So someone with, um, again, a proximal 
median nerve injury will have the ape hand, and then if you tell them to make a fist, only the fourth and fifth digits are going to flex down. And it's called the sign of benediction because that's sort of the general hand uh, position that a Catholic priest uses when he's declaring like a blessing or um, doing something like that. You might recognize it from movies or, you know, if you go to church, you might recognize that from your real life. But uh, that's why it's called that. Again, this is associated with a median nerve injury. It's similar to the apan deformity, but that specifically would tell you that um, there's sort of a higher level, meaning more proximal median nerve injury to the point where that forearm is affected and the flexors of those second and third digits are affected as well. Okay, so that's for the extra credit one. Again, Dr. Kuma is the main takeaway here. And uh, just like some of the other stuff we've done, I went ahead and made up a really simple, this one's simpler than the other ones, but a really simple sort of visual aid for this stuff. You can find that on the website, otexamprepper.com, for episode four. And uh, yeah, anyway, I hope uh, I hope things are good for you. Keep going, keep hanging there. I know it's tough, but you got this. Okay, well, just to finish up, I just wanted to give you guys a little heads up about one of my other side projects. So yes, this is a podcast. It has a website, otexamprepper.com, which is where you can get some of the extras and other things that I might mention in here. But I have another website that's not intended for people studying for the NBCOT exam, but it's intended for people who are currently working with patients. So this website is for OTs and their patients. It's called homeequipmentguide.com. It's specifically trying to address the issue of people acquiring adaptive equipment. So when when we're working with patients, we'll often recommend a piece of adaptive equipment. Let's say a shower chair. The next question we usually get asked is, well, where do I get that? The answer I almost always give people is Amazon because online you've got a great selection and some of the best prices out there, especially when compared with medical supply stores. The question I don't get asked, but I wish I did get asked more often, is which one? Because as soon as people go on to Amazon.com, there's 40 different shower chairs to choose from. Sometimes they get overwhelmed, and especially if they're a bit older, this whole process is kind of new, and they have a lot of trouble. This often, at least in my experience when I was working in home health, resulted in people delaying getting these items or never getting them at all, which was, frankly, a big problem and a big uh, barrier to their independence. So, I wanted to make this as easy as possible for people. I made this website, homeequipmentguide.com. What it is, is let's say we've got a patient named Joe, and Joe needs some help toileting. Joe can go onto this website, homeequipmentguide.com. He'll have to select which, well, he'll be asked which room of the home he's having difficulty with. So he'll select bathroom, and then he'll click on toilet, and then he'll be he'll have a big list of equipment that could be potentially helpful. So a toilet riser, a toilet safety frame, a toilet aid, maybe a bidet. And then there will be some descriptions of how these might be beneficial or useful. And if there's a couple of different kinds that he'll need to choose from, there's a list of pros and cons for each one as well as the price listed. So he'll kind of know what he's getting ahead of time. Once Joe's found what he's looking for, he can click on the picture and it will take him directly to the Amazon page of that item. I think this has made my life a lot easier as an OT. Sometimes when I'm just talking about this sort of stuff, I'll pull up the website on my phone and then I'll at least have a picture to show people. And especially when people want a recommendation about a specific item, now I don't have to redo that research every time. I've just got the uh, the one item that I've already chosen from the different 40 shower chairs on Amazon as the one that I've researched and found to be the best quality at the best price. 
I've found this to be really helpful for me and my patients, and I hope you find the same. Do me a solid and take a look. HomeEquipmentGuide.com. Thanks. Okay, last thing. I believe in being completely transparent with you guys. So up front, I do want you to know that, yes, I make a small commission on any items purchased through the links found on the Home Equipment Guide. How that works is whether you go on Amazon and do the research and come to your own conclusion that shower chair X is better than shower chair Y and shower chair Z, um, or you go to my website and go straight to this link that leads you to shower chair X, you pay the same amount. But if you use the link on my website to go there, then I actually see a very small percentage of whatever you end up paying for that shower chair. I, this is, <laughs> I know it doesn't sit super well with some people. And frankly, it doesn't sit well with me sometimes just feeling like I'm a sellout. But this was like the the least sellouty way I could think for anybody who appreciates what I'm doing or wants to support um, this podcast or the website or whatever um, to just help this continue. Um, it takes way more time to do this stuff than I ever thought before I started. And frankly, I'm glad I didn't know because I'm not sure I would have had the motivation to keep going if I'd known up front what it would take. And it also is, it costs some money to host this stuff. It's all boring, but using this website does help support my side projects here. If at any point I break even, that would be killer. And if sometime in the future I was actually turning a profit on this sort of thing, that would be amazing. I would love to continue doing this more and more. So I hope that sits well with you guys. If it doesn't, feel free to just use it as an informational guide. Um, But I just, I want you guys to know that that's kind of how it works. So check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm really interested in what other OTs have to think about it. If they have any suggestions or whatever else. You guys rock and hang in there. Last but not least, music this episode was provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin.